Lord, we thank and praise you for these very special women who had such a huge part in our lives, who continue to leave a legacy to us as believers, to walk in accordance with your word and your will. We pray, Lord, that as we ponder the legacies that these have left for us, that we would be so filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, that we would carry forward into the, this generation and beyond even the values of these precious moms that are now enjoying all of the prepared splendors of heaven. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I expect that in the will of the Lord, my mom in Canada will see this uh, sermon video at some point. Just want to thank my mother for the godly input she's had and is having in my life, uh, walking with the Savior and lifting me and my family and this church family up in prayer. Thank you, Mom. I also want to thank God publicly for my dear wife, Beth, and the mother that she is to our children, Joanna and JD. She's a treasure. And all of you mothers, happy, happy Mother's Day. We respect you, we need you, we thank you, and we love you. Here are some actual things that moms have learned from their children. True situations, not jokes, but funny. A king-sized Waterbed holds enough water to fill a 2,000 square foot house four inches deep. <laughs> if you spray hairspray on dust bunnies and then run over them with rollerblades, they can ignite. <laughs> if you hook a dog leash over a ceiling fan, the motor is not strong enough to rotate a 42-pound boy wearing Batman underwear and a Superman cape. If, however, <laughs> a paint spray can of paint is tied to the ceiling fan blades, the fan motor is strong enough to spray paint on all four walls of a 20-foot room. When you hear the toilet flush and the words, uh-oh, it's already too late. <laughs> Brake fluid, when mixed with Clorox, makes smoke. Lots of it. Certain Legos will pass through the digestive tract of a four-year-old. A six-year-old can start a fire with a flint rock, even though a 36-year-old man says it can't be done except in the movies. And a magnifying glass can start a fire, even on an overcast day. The spin cycle on a washing machine does not make earthworms dizzy. It will, however, make cats dizzy, and cats throw up twice their body weight when dizzy. Can't make it up. Such is mothering. If you don't laugh, you cry, right? I love that little guy in the video. When asked what he does to drive his mother crazy, he said, not listen to her. <laughs> Today, in a very short sermon based on Titus 2, 3 to 5, I want us to consider 
Three things about God's definition of a good mother. Three things about God's definition of a good mother. All three begin with M. The good mother's mentor, the good mother's measure, and the good mother's motivation. Let's start with the good mother's mentor. According to Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 4a, God intends that older godly women coach, counsel, encourage, and mentor younger mothers. God intends that older godly women coach, counsel, encourage, and mentor younger mothers. Listen, Titus 2, 3, and 4. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, and we'll go on further in the text. The first point, therefore, moms, is that God says that a good mother's mentor ought to be older, godly women. In other words, God intends for motherhood to be a transgenerational relay race. The godly mothers of one generation run the race, pass the baton to the generation of mothers which follow, who in turn will pass that godly motherhood baton on to a future generation of mothers should Christ not come back for the church first. God sees motherhood as a wonderful relay race. And God intends for young mothers to be mentored by older godly women. Will you notice from the text, ladies, that not every older woman qualifies to be a mentor of young mothers? God spells out clearly in his word what qualifies you as an older, more mature woman to be a mentor to a younger mother. Ready? Five things God says. First, reverent behavior. Second, freedom from all gossip. Third, freedom from addiction. Fourth, knowledge of the word so that you can teach it. And five, the ability to encourage. If you're an older woman here in the sound of my voice, and if you want to step up to be a mentor of younger mothers, God says, be sure you yourself have reverent behavior. You are free from all forms of gossip. You are free from all forms of addiction. You have a knowledge of God's word so you can share it. And you have an ability and a desire to encourage. Older sister in Christ, is that you? If it is you, are you currently mentoring a younger mom? And if you aren't, why aren't you? You're needed in this incredible body of Christ. Now, considering this wonderful relay race called motherhood, younger mothers, you who are younger and who are mothers, you need to get into this relay race of motherhood as well. You need to be mentored by an older, godly woman. Is that happening for you? And if it isn't happening for you, why not? Could it be that the godly older women, many of whom in this congregation don't think they're needed or have 
anyone who will listen to them. What about you as a younger mother, when you hear this message on Titus 2, 3 to 5, God's estimate of a good mother, what about if you prayed this week for a godly mother in this assembly that you could approach and ask her if she would be a mentor to you one-to-one Would you do that, younger mothers? Would you pray this week for who you ought to ask as an older woman in our church assembly that she would be a one-to-one mentor for you as a woman and mother? I challenge you, younger mothers, to do that. And by next Lord's Day, to have made that phone call and asked that older woman to be your mentor. That's your challenge this Mother's Day. From the godly good mother's mentor, we move next to the good mother's measure. The good mother's measure is struck in heaven, not in culture. God has told us in his word that heaven has a measuring stick for what makes for a good mother, and heaven's eyes are really the only eyes that matter. God says there are seven measurements for a good mother. Seven measurements of a good mother. And they're all right here in these verses. The first measurement is that a good mother loves her husband. A good mother loves her husband. The second measurement, the good mother loves her children. See that with me in verses three and four, please. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. The first two measurements of a good mother is that she loves her husband, and second, she loves her children. The Greek word here, which is translated love, is philia, and philia is general affection love. It is friendship love. It is devotion love. It is enjoyment of time spent together love. God says, ladies, you are a good mother when you are feeling that way towards your husband and you are feeling that way toward your children. When you look at time spent with your husband and time spent with your children as being an affectionate time, a friendship time, a time of devotion, a time of just plain enjoying time spent together, when that's the kind of mom you are, it pleases your heavenly father. And God looks down on that kind of friendship, affection, love for one's husband and one's children and says, that's good. There's more measurements of a good uh, mother. The third measurement is that the good mother is sensible. I see that in the first part of verse five, to be sensible. The good mother is sensible. This idea of sensibility in the original language is tied into self-control. And will you notice in this text that God expects this very same kind of sensibility and self-control both for older men in verse 2 and for younger men in verse 6. So this expectation that God has of a sensible life that is marked by self-control includes good mothers, but it also includes good younger men. It also includes good older men. And so the good mother, the third measurement of a good mother is that she is sensible. She is self-controlled. Let's move on. The fourth measurement of a good mother is that she lives pure. She lives 
pure. I see that in still in verse 5. To be sensible, pure. To be sensible, pure. Good mothers are pure in heart, in speech, and in actions. And good mothers maintain a purity of heart, speech, and actions by being consciously aware that they live and minister constantly in the presence of the holy God. Good mothers live pure. The fifth measurement from heaven of a good mother is in verse 5, the second part, and it is this. The good mother is a worker at home. A good mother works at home. Verse 5, to be sensible, pure, workers at home. Workers at home. Now, what this doesn't mean, please hear me, what this doesn't mean is that she must never work at a job outside of her home. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean that whether she does or doesn't work at a job outside of her home, she creates a haven for her family in their home. She creates a haven for her family, a clean place, an orderly place, a pleasant place, a joyful place, an optimistic place. The good mother works at home by making her house a home. There was a military family that due to a transitional requirement had to live temporarily in a hotel adjacent to the military base. And the family lived in this hotel for about two weeks. And the staff was acquainted with the circumstance. And once their little daughter was playing in the hotel lobby, and one of the clerks of the hotel said to her, oh, isn't it a shame that your family doesn't have a home? And the little girl says, oh, we have a home. We just haven't found a house to put it in yet. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. A good mother works at home. So far, we've seen five divine measurements of a good mother. To review, God says that the good mother loves her husband. The good mother loves her children. The good mother lives sensibly and self-controlled. The good mother lives pure, and the good mother works at home. Let's go on to the measurement number six. The good mother is kind. See it there in verse five? To be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind. The good mother is kind. This woman typically puts goodness into action. The kind mother has goodness with working clothes on. The kind mother wipes the tears up before she wipes the milk up that's been spilled. The good mother is kind. The last measurement of a good mother before I tell you what it is, I need to point out a Bible interpretation principle that whether you are in the Old or the New Testament and you encounter a list of things, the two places of emphases in that list are the first position in the list and the last position in the list. 
in this list of being a good mother, the thing that is in the first position on the measurement of a good mother is that she loves her husband. God puts that in the emphatic position on the list. You want to be a good mother? Love your husband. The last thing in this list is also the also emphasized. The last place in a list is also emphasized. And here, the last seventh measurement of a good mother in this particular list is the good mother is obedient to her husband. That may not be popular today. That might not be the opinion on the street, but that is God's statement that the good mother is obedient to her husband. See what verse 5 says? To be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. Being subject to their own husbands. You know, this idea of being in subjection or being submitted has been twisted by Satan to something that it isn't. Let me tell you what it does mean to be subject to your husband, married women. It means to stand under their authority with dignity. Hupotasso is the Greek verb to be subject to. It's a military verb. Hupo means under. Tasso means to stand. And in the military ranks, soldiers were to stand under those that had a higher rank in the army. Ladies, you are not to check your brains at the door when you get married. You are not ever to be doormats to be walked upon. You are to bring your values, your intelligence, your insight, your wisdom, your intuition into your homes, but under, standing under the authority of your husbands. Not because we're smarter, we're not smarter. We've just been given a role to lead under Christ, to lead our families with servant leadership. Somebody has said, maybe this will help. Somebody has said, a Christian woman has said, you know, really what submission is? It's ducking so God can clout your husband. (laughs) It's ducking so God can clout your husband if he needs a clout or to guide your husband when he always needs guidance. God says, To be deemed a good mother in his eyes, the only eyes that really count, the seventh measurement of a good mother is that she is subject to her husband. It brings order to the house. It brings functional order to the house. Jesus Christ was subject to his father. He wasn't inferior to his father, but Christ subjected himself to his father's will when he was on earth. Okay, so this has to be voluntary. No husband can demand this subjection. It's to be given as unto the Lord and as an act of worship, ladies. But when you voluntarily do this as unto the Lord, then you'll be blessed and your children will be blessed and your grandchildren will be blessed and your great-grandchildren will be blessed. Now, I think I know congregations well enough and I love this congregation enough to know this, that some ladies are seated very politely listening to this sermon at this point and saying, but what about my husband? He's ungodly. Am I supposed to be subject to him? Am I supposed to stand under his leadership? Yes. 
provided, hear me, provided he does not require you to do anything illegal or immoral. There's a scripture that I need to take us to very briefly that shows that what I've just taught you is not my idea. It's God's idea. It's 1 Peter 3. Listen carefully. 1 and 2. In the same way, you wives be submissive, same verb, hupotasso, be submissive to your own husbands so that, watch it, even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Dear lady, dear mom, who's married to a lost man, stand under his leadership unless he's asking you to do something illegal or immoral and let him observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Pray for him, don't preach at him, and see God save him. Bring him under heavy conviction of sin when he sees your lifestyle. Being subject to a husband, married woman who is a mother, is not weakness. It is meekness. Meekness is strength under control. When you put a bit and a bridle in a horse's mouth, that horse could kill the person riding it, but it is subjected. That strength brought under control is meekness. And meekness is not weakness. Meekness is winsome to the winning of lost husbands. I commend that to you, ladies. You can leave the consequences of your obedience to the Lord. So we're seeing that this Mother's Day, God uh, has a criteria for being a good mother. He said that you ought to have a mentor who's an older, godly Christian woman. He said that you should have seven attributes or ways of life that characterize you. You love your husband. You love your children. You live sensibly. You live purely. You work at home. You're kind, and you're obedient to your husband. So that's the mentor, good mother's mentor, and that's the good mother's measure. The last of the three M's is the good mother's motivation. Why do this? I mean, why do this? It's not always convenient. It's usually costly. It's often misunderstood. Why do this? What's the motivation for doing this? It's a very simple motivation, a very powerful motivation. Ready? The motivation for doing all this is maintaining a good reputation for the Bible. Is that high enough of a goal? To maintain the good reputation of the scriptures? That's to be your motivation. Because look at the end of verse 5. To go back to Titus 2, verse 5. Look. To be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that result, purpose, that the word of God may not be dishonored. That the word of God may not be 
dishonored. That's how high the stakes are. That the word of God may not be dishonored. You know what, ladies? God has given you a tremendous opportunity. And here it is. He has given you the opportunity to maintain and to enhance the reputation of the Bible in the people who observe your life. The other flip side of that coin is a warning. And the warning is that by your behavior, you can also depreciate the value of the Bible in the eyes of those who take its estimate from your life. The reputation of God's word is going to be enhanced by you, good mom, as you love your husband, as you love your children, as you live sensible and pure, as you work at home, as you're kind, and as you submit to your husbands. That's what it says. To be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. So let me just ask you, Mother's Day 2016, Want your husband to obey the Bible? Properly love him. Want your wayward child to do it God's way? Live a pure life yourself. Want your country to return to the Bible? Submit to your husband. Want your co-workers to start reading the Bible? Live sensibly, self-controlled at your workplace. Want the Bible to be taken seriously in your extended family beyond Christmas and Easter? Year-round, properly love your children, especially the hard-to-love children. Want to convince your girlfriends that the Bible is really God's word? Work well in your home. Create a haven of rest. Want to prove that the Bible is God's word to you? Then demonstrate kindness every chance you can. This is how to bring honor to the Bible as a mother. And this is the good mother's motivation. And so to review and to close this message, good mothers, your mentors are to be older godly women. Ask one. Motherhood is to be a transgenerational relay race. Mothers, your measure is to love your husbands, love your children, live sensibly, live purely, work at home, be kind, be submitted to your husbands. And last, mothers, your motivation for doing all this is to bring honor to the Bible through your sphere of influence. Happy Mother's Day. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Publicly, I thank God for the mothers of this incredible body of Christ. You're doing a good job. Press on. I've read the end of the book, and we win. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special time in your word. We pray that the mothers in attendance be truly blessed, nourished in their spirit, to press on in the ministries that you've called them to be a part of. Lord, give them enjoyment in this day 
as they soldier on with you. Whatever this day holds, may they be honored and encouraged. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen.